lifting from the blocks and leveling the playing field, drugs and sports. Those are our topics tonight for Derek Crass on My Weightlifting Coach, the podcast. Hi, Dave. Hey, how's it going, Derek? I'm going well. Thanks. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are things there in St. Louis? Uh, excellent. Things are going really well. Uh, weather's starting to turn a little bit colder, so wintertime's on its way. But it's uh, very pleasant. Okay. And how about the weightlifting world? Is that keeping you busy? Actually, it is, because I'm trying to expand internationally, actually. And so we're going down to the Worlds here in uh, next week and looking forward to that uh, as a vendor and uh, helping load a little bit But because um, uh, our group of gym uh, loaders had a little competition during the regional regional competition, and they were selected by USAW along with, uh, I guess, the Doherty guys out in California to split loading duty. So I'll, I'll be a sub and I'll do one loading. But I'm mainly there as a vendor and to uh, get the scoop about all the stuff that's happening. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, usually we get to see it here on Eurosport, so I'll try and watch it when I'm not working. Okay. So I wanted to ask you, so we're talking about the blocks. Um, just I really want to go through almost like a beginner's introduction to it. Uh, what is the purpose of it? Why lift from the blocks? Well, the I'm a top-down teacher. I believe in that model of teaching the lifts. Uh, top down, whole part whole. In other words, uh, you, you, te- you have the athlete know what the lift is, ultimate lift is going to look like. And then you have you can have them practice that. But then you, you really break it down and learn from the top, meaning like the power, uh, actually how to hold the weight overhead or on your chest, do the overhead squat or front squat, um, and then learn how to rack the bar and then learn how to lift from the power position and the knees, around the knees, and then the floor. Um, and then as they get better with, uh, they apply what they learn from the blocks to, to the lift from the floor, and they can see uh, a quick progression, but yet it's safe. And also, when, they're lear- and when the athlete is learning from the blocks, as opposed to the hang, I have nothing against the hang position, you know, with a... Um, I'm sure the listeners know about what the hang is. It's just with wearing straps or just lifting the bar up from the floor. Then you, you start from somewhere at the knees or the power position or wherever. Um, when, when your coaches, between each lift of the blocks, your, your, your back is rested. And your athlete can concentrate on what you're telling them to do as opposed to worrying about the weight in their hand. Mm-hmm. And they can make adjustments and then um, lift, uh, reset themselves in a better position and then lift how you, as the coach, would like them to lift. And you can get a lot more reps in with less stress on their body. And uh, that's what I like about the blocks. So technically, you should be able to lift more uh, using the blocks in the same position than you would using without using them from the hang. Because your well, back is rested? or um, I think the ultimate lifting from... If, if your technique is good, you're, you're more often, I would say, definitely, more repetitions, more weight. I'm not, I would have, I think the, uh, and this is just my opinion, the answer would be yes, uh, because it's a really excellent way to teach a feed-forward um, incentive or aggression, because the bar is obviously going zero at when you have it resting on the weights, and you can really rev up. Once you learn how to lift properly, 
you can really be super aggressive, more aggressive from the blocks than you can from the hang and keep your, while keeping your technique. So in that respect, because you can put more effort into it and more impact, uh, more ballistic motion and your acceleration is greater, I would say, yes, you can lift more from the blocks. Um, but when you train, you can definitely lift more from the blocks during doing the pulls, whether you are doing a straight arm pull or you're actually learning how to pull up, the, pull the bar up. That's a coaching, what do you call it, a, a, a coaching philosophy. Um, for instance, I subscribe to learning how to high pull, maybe to your sternum or between your navel and your sternum, because as you pull yourself underneath the weight, you have to know what your you have to train your arms to bend. Uh, with light weights, the bar goes up, but with heavy weights, your bar, your body goes down. So you can lift heavier weights from the pull with pulls from the blocks um, safer and more often than than with the hang. Okay, and is that something you recommend starting someone with right away? Get them used to lifting from the blocks, or is that something that an intermediate lifter should start with? Oh man, I I am totally uh, totally impassioned about teaching lifters right away from lifting from the blocks. Um, because uh, it, it works, and then you don't have to correct any kind of technique problems. I've had a couple kids who, young young athletes who, man, when they lift from the floor, they look beautiful, and you don't have to really change anything. Then you you progress quickly, and those are but those are rare. Um, but almost everybody needs to to uh, learn posi- the, the positions to uh, from which to lift. And how do you assess uh, the height of the blocks? Is it something that depends on the lifter's pull or do you say you look at the body and then you place them according to where the knees are and the hips are or well more along the second line um i do a thing called um, a hop and waddle and i have them maybe grab first of all teach them to have them do like three vertical jumps okay and then on close to i set up a a bar with a a full-size weight or or whatever, uh, you know, where I think the appropriate height is for them. And it could be a very light barbell or depending on what kind of strength that they have. But it's, uh, anyway, I, I put a bar up on a, on some blocks that's a, an approximate height. Then I have them do three vertical jumps and then stick on the third one, I have them stick the landing. All right. And then sometimes I have them using a stick. Sometimes I don't have them using a stick in their hands. And I just have them waddle. Uh, the foot or so up to the bar and I look where their hands are for the clean and um, just have them then I adjust accordingly if it if I have if I have the bar set too high I look at they're, they're in the because when they stick the landing it's pretty close to the power position in the clean where I like to start from and then their hands are set to the appropriate height where I adjust the weight up and down or down depending on if I have to make an adjustment and it's a real easy way to set up. And in the snatch, I do the same thing. And where the bar or stick is at their groin level or just upper third of their thigh somewhere. Okay. And, uh, and then I set the, that height. And then we, we adjust from there. But that's a for, I think, 95% of my population, that seems to work. And then you make some variations for uh, body styles as necessary or, or age. Sometimes it makes a difference if they're older or Okay. And how would you adjust the blocks to deal with uh, particular problems? I I see a lot of people, 
Um, they're not new lifters, but maybe intermediate, and they tend to jump forward. So I get them to start with the bar a little bit away from the shins. Then they tend to, in the pull, bring it in, as opposed to if it's mm. touching the shins, they tend to want to push the bar away, and then they got to jump under. Is there uh, something you can do with the blocks to correct that? Well, from a, I agree totally with what your correction was. And so if you look at the bar path, almost, um, and, and there's a couple different bar paths that people subscribe to, but um, almost universally the bar either goes straight up or it comes back off the floor like, like you just mentioned. So when you're lifting from the, okay, so when you're looking at the floor and you have a person set up, and the bar's on the floor, um, you have a certain orientation of the barbell to your shoe, correct? Mm -hmm. And then, uh, so with the, when you lift from your knees or the power, the knees, the barbell moves back uh, anywhere from a centimeter to two centimeters, perhaps. And so you need to move, when you uh, learn to lift from your knees, uh, from the blocks, then, um, or close to it, you have to move in that appropriate amount a centimeter or two because that's where the bar moves moves back um, so you make allowances for that so you're teaching then uh, you're teaching them to lift from where the bar would be off the floor and when the bar is the power position that's where the bar has moved back the furthest so you have to I use the term bury yourself uh, you get even you we look at when you're setting yourself up your shoe is closer into the barbell uh, relative to where it would be off the floor. And then you can, where a lot of people make a mistake is with the bar, if they're learning to lift from the blocks from the um, the power position, it's usually too low. Uh, or if they're lifting from their knees, they're, they're, their knees are flexed too much and they're sitting back on their heels in a very comfortable position. When the bar's at your knees or near the, around the knees, um, it, it, you should really feel that in your low back your buttocks and your hamstrings as the load, the primary load there. Some people call that the posterior chain, I guess, if you will. Um, and you should really feel that as opposed to a comfortable sitting down position. Okay, okay. And as you said earlier that when you're lifting from the blocks, you're coming from a zero point. So there's no stress until you become the actor on the bar. Uh, is it so necessary then to use straps lifting from the blocks? I don't think it's necessary, but um, it, it certainly saves your hands. Mm. I remember a story when Richie Shanko and I were training from the blocks in the, in the training center back in the day. We thought we would just not use straps. And I don't know, we were cleaning 160, 170 from the blocks for multiple sets. And it's like, oh, my God, the next day our hands hurt so bad. <laughs> really? So it's like, all right, uh, straps are fine, you know, because there's always the thing. Well, my grip will get weak, blah blah blah. Uh -huh. But uh, actually, I like cleaning from the cleaning from the with straps because um, it really works your shoulder flexibility. Because you see a lot of people that have the or the side benefit of cleaning with the straps, and people lose their grip um, on the clean, or they get a fingertip grip. And I, I know there's some people that have anatomical problems that. No matter what you do, other than disarticulate their shoulder, they're not going to be able to to keep a full full grip. But you really can increase your efficiency getting underneath the bar if you can keep a better grip on the bar for longer. And like as if you front squat and you have a full grip versus a fingertip grip, um, there, there's ways with like cleaning with the straps can help you get the flexibility. And we talked before the first time I interviewed you about your blocks, the DC blocks. Uh, 
Um, tell us a bit more about that. What makes them a different product or a special product? Okay. They're made out of recycled plastics here in the U.S. And each one is two inches tall by uh, 15 and a half inches wide by 19 inches long. And they're, they're interlocking. Um, each one weighs, I don't know if I mentioned it, but five kilos. And that's that point there about their weight is, is, is different from so many blocks because these are uh, lightweight. They're very portable. They won't chip, crack, or rust because of what they're made out of. And they're made to be, uh, and they're very, they're inexpensive compared to what's on the market. Um, I made them so that little lifters, light lifters, beginning kid lifters could, could move them so that, uh, you know, that could be their part of their warm-up, general warm-up, is get the blocks out and move them. And the coach doesn't have to have two big guys moving the, the big wooden blocks that are out there. The the knock against a lot of blocks training is because it's so heavy to they've typically been so heavy to move around or uh, that it's kind of the compliance is less because like oh Christ now I have to move get these blocks out and can I do it or do I need a training partner blah 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 and then you have to have from a gym owner standpoint or a coach standpoint you have to have kind of a dedicated space and that space is a premium a lot of times so these things. You can stack them up as high as you can reach, and um, they don't. The footprint is very small. Now I wanted to uh, switch the subject from lifting from the blocks to something that's been in the news recently: uh, the big scandal with Russian athletics. Um, they're saying they shouldn't be allowed to come to the next Olympics. Uh, not only were athletes doping, but the trainers were involved. Maybe the political structure was involved. Um, how big do you think this is overall? I mean, we've seen it in cycling and certain sports, definitely. Weightlifting has to be one of them we've seen in the past um, and is also continuing today. How big of a problem do you think it is? Do you think that that's what, we, what we're seeing with the Russian report is really just the tip of the iceberg? Oh, yeah, it's huge. A uh, question for you I've heard uh, just to, uh, from hearsay is not only Russia, but it's also Bulgaria and Germany involved in this? I haven't heard. I heard that they said there were going to be some other countries that were going to oh. be mentioned. I, I know that Turkey, within the last few years, has had problems um, and had to clean themselves up. But I don't know specifically what's going to come. Okay. So I'll just talk about the Russians, because that, that seems to be the one that's getting the actual press. Because I read about that, too. And... Um, I think it's huge, and I actually, uh, unfortunately for the athletes um, and the unwilling or un unwitting participants, that's too bad for them. But um, I, I'm so happy that they're they're getting that Wada's doing something because about about this program problem because it's so the joke has always been or the scuttlebutt's been that the more English you speak, the more uh, weaker you are because. WADA or USADA or Great Britain or whomever, Australia, their their drug, uh, those uh, the anti-doping association are doing their job, and and the athletes, okay, they're getting caught for pot or street drugs or something like that. Okay, I wish that would stop, but but the the uh, steroid thing is huge, and it's just disheartening to see um, the the. The anabolics being still used in in so many countries. So I hope they hit them hit them hard, and um, 
and, and sort of the, the cynic in me says, well, they must not have, my first thought was, well, they must not have paid Ion enough because <laughs> there's this scuttlebutt about, you know, if you pay Ion enough, um, then, then you get what you want. Um, but uh, that's, maybe I'll be on the bad side now for saying that because the popularity of your program. But if I have to answer for that, that'd be great. Um, I just look really forward to it, uh, to seeing what happens. And I hope they follow through and it's not just a penalty and they can come back and just do the same thing overall. And should uh, people that took second, third place, should they you know, reorder the medals? Or is that too much to ask? Oh, boy. You mean from like previous competitions? Yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. Um, I guess if I was sitting in fourth place, I would be saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, man, I, I think just cut and run. I, I kind of – that's my philosophy on a lot of things is if – um, maybe in the recent competition, if they can prove that that there's dirty samples, yes. But I wouldn't go back to 1980, whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, kind of that's that's ridiculous. And uh, and the athletes, because I don't know how can you tell if unless they have the fourth place guy sample or woman sample, you know how do you know? That's true. Um, so I, that's why I wouldn't really. If you can prove that the fourth place guy who now gets third. It has a clean sample, then by all means, in the last, I don't know, X couple of years here. But I wouldn't go back and just automatically give a fourth place guy because uh, with the breakup of the Soviet Union and the Eastern Bloc, um, who's to say that those guys are clean? And, okay, but as you said, going forward, not thinking about the past, uh, what needs to happen? Um, I mean, who who's going to – how can we have better oversight? Uh, how can we – get rid of this problem? Well, I think if WADA is allowed to do their job and then they can really test who they're supposed to test and have access to the athletes on an equal basis, that, that's just a big, gigantic problem. And the governments of China and um, I'm sure the government, oh boy, uh, the governments of different countries are, uh, are part and parcel to this because they want their system to be uh, show that it's better. Now, I will give the the countries credit because they have a systematic training program. So I'm not saying that anabolic, I'm in no way saying that anabolics are, are the secret to success because you could take anybody then and just give them anabolics and everybody would be world champion or, you know, dogfight to the top. But so what they do is have a systematic training program and selection process. So I have to give them kudos for, for doing, for having that in place. Um, having said that, the, the they punish them hard and, and hit them if they don't have access. Immediate and swift and severe punishment, uh, and consistent uh, severe swift uh, punishment is, is what's needed. And if this is the beginning of it, that's fantastic. Yeah, I, I have to say, I mean, I I was happy to see it. It's not a nice thing, but. You know, it, this is what sport is all about. It's about what you can do with your body and your abilities. And when you start adding, adding anabolic steroids and human growth hormone, it's you're throwing all the whole idea of sport away from me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. uh, you know, it reminds me of what happened in baseball. Uh, you know, they were Mark McGuire set the home run record, and then people started looking at his, you know, what was he using and things like that. That's exactly right. It's fun to watch. So either you let everybody use them and get rid of WADA, and then then you just let people do what they're going to do, 
or you test them hard and test them consistently. Yeah, there was. Did you ever see that Saturday Night Live? They they did a, yes. the All Drug Olympics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was fantastic. That was pretty close to when I was. That was during my lifting uh, time, I think, in the '80s or late '70s or something. It was it was fabulous. Yeah, and I just saw a repeat of it uh, maybe three or four months ago. It was great. Yeah, yeah, that <laughs> cracked me up. Yeah. Uh, all right, Derek. So the future for you is you're you're focused on getting there for the worlds. Yeah. Yeah. Hope to uh, distribute these things. Get I'm all over the UK, uh, United States, and hope to get more in Australia and in more Europe. Uh, so we'll see if we can see what countries are interested. I know I've had some interest from Italy and Germany. Um, so we'll see if we can get a distributor for Europe and uh, ship a bunch over and uh, get all over the place in, in your neck of the woods. Yeah, yeah, because like I said, I mean, they were interested in it. And hearing you talk about the ability to move them easily, the ability to stack them, uh, that's that's really important as well. Because you just get, you know, our, our gym is not the biggest, so space is a premium. Mm-hmm. All right, so good luck with all that. And uh, after the Worlds, maybe in a month from now, we'll get you back to talk about some other topics. Sounds good, Dave. Okay, Derek. Let- Train well. Thanks, you too. <laughs>